I want to read, begin with, verses 12 through 17. We're going to look at the importance of God's Word, and this will be the first part. Second part, next week I'm going to be dealing with the uh, inerrancy, the inspiration, uh, the sanctification that comes from God's Word. But uh, just some opening thoughts about all of that we find in verses 12 through 17 as, as Paul talks about the importance of God's word. So hear with hearts, uh, hear with ears of hearing. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And that's what I'll be dealing with this week. Next week, verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So we see, do we not, the importance of God's word. And God's words today, uh, sad to say, is not... uh, uh, preached. It's not even mentioned in funerals. Janine said it just wasn't talked about at all. And, uh, and it's sad to see that. There are ministers that would get up and not proclaim the gospel and the hope there is in Christ, even if the person they're talking about didn't know Christ. That's one thing I make sure when I do someone's funeral is I give the gospel, the good news of salvation through him. And so, do we really need the Scriptures? Do we really need the Scriptures? And we'd all say, oh, yes, of course we do, and and I would agree with that. Uh, It is uh, the blueprint from God of exactly what we need. This is God's Word. Now, again, this is not God, okay? Uh, We learn about God through His Word. And he reveals to us who he is through his word. But it's it's truth from cover to cover. And uh, if it just contained God's word, then what would be true and what would not be true? And uh, we're going to look at that, of course, next next week. Uh, But he tells Timothy to be faithful. Be faithful to the scripture. Why? Why Why are you to be faithful to the scripture? For one great reason is it works. (laughs) It works. If you follow it, uh, the truth of it, you will find that uh, things are much better. Uh, If you uh, use it in your marriage, you will find, wow. If you you use it in raising of children, uh, they will turn out. And so the scriptures work. Now, a lot of times we misinterpret the scriptures or uh, are ignorant maybe of what the scriptures teach. But nonetheless, this has, book has an answer 
for every problem that you will ever uh, meet in life. And uh, so I hope we all believe that and practice that. So Paul is writing to this young man, Timothy, just in quick review, uh, who is facing this evil that's all around him and uh, with those who are filled with self-love and, and self-pleasure, uh, uh, lustful for money and, and, and uh, the love of money and the, the love of all the things of this world. Uh, he's telling him that... Uh, in this world, there will be false teachers. There will be deceptions. There will be those who are proclaiming uh, things that they say are contained in this word but aren't contained in this word. And just let me say from the beginning, you study this out for yourself. If I say something, don't you just take it as the gospel without studying it out for yourself and having it being a part of you because you're convicted that that's what God's Word is teaching. And uh, now, and if I say something that you disagree with, it's okay if you come and say, would you explain that? Uh, did you really mean this, that, or the other thing? I will have no problem with that. And uh, I may even have to repent because I'm wrong. Uh, so this is what Paul has pointed Timothy, first of all, to himself, Paul himself. He said to Timothy, look at my life and my willingness to suffer. We looked at that. And now he's going to tell Timothy, look at God's word. And that's the important thing. My life is important and I have been a witness. But now, what about God's word? Uh, how important is that? Uh, much more important. And um, the best answer to falsehood is the demonstration of the truth, God's Word. And uh, it's in God's Word. That's where we place our faith. Do not place your faith in me. As I've said, I will fail you. Not purposefully, but I will. You place your faith in the God of this Word. And also, in the word, in the sense that it teaches truth, it reflects, it reveals who God is. Nothing else but the scripture reveals who God is except nature. And that's general revelation. And you cannot come to know God with natural revelation of the stars and the, even though all of his attributes are clearly displayed, his wisdom and his power and his majesty and his infancy, all of that is displayed. It's in God's word that he reveals who he is to man and how man can come back to him because he's fallen and sinful. And so keep, keep those things uh, uh, straight because it's... it's it's easy sometimes to uh, misunderstand that. And so he tells Timothy, look, Timothy, you're not just in a volunteer army. This is not uh, I'm a follower of Christ or not. Yeah, I've got my ticket to heaven. He's my Savior. But uh, as far as serving him, following him, uh, well... I don't know if I'm a volunteer for that army or not. 
wrong? No. You're a soldier of the cross. You're fighting the good fight of faith. You are in this battle, whether you want to be or not. And of course, uh, no one likes fights. No one likes battles. No one likes wars. But we are at war with Satan. We are at war with evil. If you don't see evil in this world, you, uh, you've got a problem, <laughs> do you not? Because uh, it's all around us. And he says, Timothy, you're going to be an example, and I say this to you and myself as well, for truth, for good or for bad. For good or for bad. And uh, one thing I think we need to also remember is that Paul did not see himself as one who had it all together. He said, I am the chief of sinners. And the closer we get to Christ, the bigger sinner we see ourselves to be, even though we sin less because we're following Christ and we're, he's working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He's leading us along. We stumble and fall. But uh, we see ourselves... Not as the Pharisees saw, having it all together. Uh, We daily need Christ. You daily need to get into His Word. You daily need to uh, think on spiritual things. Uh, Fix your eyes on Christ daily. This is not something that happened 30 years ago, and I walked an aisle, and everything's okay now. I'm going to heaven. Sorry, that is not being a Christian. It's just not. And yet there's so many out there who aren't going to church. They, they have made a profession of faith and they think they have their ticket uh, and they don't. And it's, it's, they're gonna, that's going to be a great revelation one day when uh, they stand before God. Uh, and so it's important that we... Um, Take heed lest we fall. And that's what Paul was telling Timothy. You know, you, you're not above the fray. Um, you can fall just like King David fell. And Paul said, what did he say in 1 Corinthians uh, 10 and verse 12? Take heed lest you fall. You think you're strong in an area. You think you can stand. Take heed. Because you can fall. We still have our old nature. Uh, We have a new nature. We have the Word of God that the Spirit of God works through to teach us and instruct us and to guide us. But there is no sin that you and I cannot commit in temptation. And Paul says, you better take heed lest you fall. And Paul was talking about himself as well. He was not above Uh, what was going on. And so we need to be good examples. We need to be good examples. And just remember, this is God's love letter. Okay? Even though he stomps on your toes and uh, you you feel like uh, running and hiding, uh, and you're pointed out where you fail, uh, he loves you.
because he gave you this book for instruction on how to live the Christian life and to guide and direct our lives. And so that's a loving God, someone who will tell you what to do and not to do, where there will be blessings on your life if you follow them and there will be problems in your life if you don't follow them. The trouble is we have trouble believing uh, this word. You know, it's, well, I love my child so much, I just can't spank them. It'll hurt them. What you're saying is, I don't believe God's Word. That's what you're saying because you're not doing what this Word tells you to do. So evidently you don't believe it or you have a better way. No, train up your child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Do you believe that? Now, you do this in love and not beat. And I mean, there's proper ways of, of disciplining. You don't always have to spank, so don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. But this book is either true from cover to cover, or you cannot trust it at all. You've got to make up your mind. I'm going to go and see what I should be as a husband. And you go, whoa, I'm not doing that. You know what? Blessing comes from obedience, and so I'm going to, I'm going to uh, start uh, doing what God's Word tells me to do. In verse 13, Paul continues now with the development of uh, evil, uh, and uh, Paul refers to it. He's come back to this topic. Notice how often he comes back to this topic, and he says here, in verse 13, but evil men and impostors, like he hasn't spoken on this before, you're going, here we go again. And yet he repeats it because it's so important. He talks about these evil men, men whose attitudes, desires, their works, their words are wicked. They are evil. You know, sometimes we have trouble understanding and seeing what is wicked. And then calling it wicked when we do see it. We excuse it or, well, they're not really that bad or what have you. And we need to put up with them. We need to love everybody, which we are to do. But uh, their master is the evil one. What did uh, John eight forty four says what? Ye, uh, to the Jews, those that came against Christ, Jesus said to them, Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and so forth. And he is the father of lies. He's the great deceiver, and you're just like him. So we see there are two types of people. Those who serve Satan and those who serve God. There are only two. There is no middle ground. There is, there is no halfway house. You either, Jesus said, for me or you are against me. Now, when we come to Christ, sometimes we act like we're against him. We, we still struggle with sin. and there, There's not perfection in following him. We struggle with, with the following of him, do we not? And being obedient. But nonetheless... Uh, we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. These people are evil. They're wicked. They're deceivers. 
and uh, they're preaching untruths. And uh, imposters, he says, uh, this speaks of, uh, can speak of sorcerers or wizards. But here, imposters means a phony, a fake, a deceiver, an imposter. And then Paul says, they go from bad to worse. They go from bad to worse. You know, sin, remember, is spelled S-I-N. So you have to put yourself right in the middle of it. But in sin, if you're a lost person in sin, you don't stay in one place. You're going to go probably from bad to worse because there is no power in your life to keep you from doing that. You will wax worse and worse. And you've known people like that. They'll start out in this and then they're doing this and all of a sudden uh, they're in some awful, terrible uh, uh, adultery or whatever, you know. And so it's a progression. And uh, there is nothing good that comes out of uh, uh, sin. It's... it's, it's uh, Someone said that uh, sin is sinking. It's like being in quicksand. You just keep going down, down, down until it covers you. And I think that's, that's true. Uh, and there will be uh, deterioration in your life if you do not deal with sin. And that's even as a Christian. You think you can, and I've talked about this before, you think you can harbor this little sin, and uh, it's okay, but it's a poisonous snake that will bite you, and uh, it, it will deteriorate your life. Sir, turn to uh, Psalm 119. I had so many verses from Psalm 119 that uh, I didn't want to put them up on the screen. But this deals with the Word of God. Uh, sin uh, must be dealt with, and this psalmist, in dealing with the Word of God, he really shows how important the Word of God is in your life. And so I encourage you to go back and read the, all of Psalm 119. But in verse 9, he says, How can a man keep his way pure? That is from sinning. By keeping it, he says, according to what? Your word, God's word. He says, with all my heart I have sought you. Do we do that? Are we seeking God with all of our heart? Do not let me wander from your commandments. Do we pray that? Lord, I pray you, I will not wander from your commandments. Do we pray that? He says in verse 11, Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Do you think it's important? I would say it is, isn't it? So that I might not sin against you. In verse 18, he says, Open my eyes. Do we pray that? Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. Is it important? Yes, there. Is. Yes, it is. There are wonderful things 
can be found in His law, in His word. Do we believe that? Look at verse 34 and 35. Give me understanding. Do we pray that? That I may observe your law and keep it with all my heart. Do you actually pray that? Have you ever prayed that ever? When you start reading God's word, we need to pray these prayers. Open my heart. Give me understanding. Because God is the one who does this. This is not in the natural man. We have the Holy Spirit that is teaching us. But we need to pray for guidance. He says in verse 35, Make me walk in the path of your commandments. For I delight in it. Wow, do you delight in God's word? You know what, how much you read it will show how much you delight in it. Ooh, that's kind of convicting, isn't it? What's your watching TV compared to reading God's word? Well, that's meddling, I'm sorry. We, uh, in verse uh, uh, 38, Establish your word to your servant. Verse 48. And I shall lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love. I will meditate on your statutes. Do we do that? Verse 66. Teach me good discernment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. And I said that to begin with. You see... We do it, why? Because we believe it's the answer to all the problems in our life. You got a problem, I guarantee the answer is in this book. But it ain't going to come to you by osmosis. You're going to dig into it, pray God would open your heart, meditate on that verse, speak to me, God, show me my wicked way, and then bring repentance in my life. You're asking God for this. Now, verses uh, 104, there are a lot of other ones that I'm skipping, but he says, your precepts, uh, verse, uh, 104, Psalm 119, 104, from your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Wow. Do we hate evil? Ask yourself, do I really hate evil? When I see it displayed in any form, does it just make me want to throw up? Or have we gotten so accustomed to seeing it on TV, to what's going, we just kind of, oh, you know, abortion, eh, just another baby. Or does it, do we hate that? Do we hate that? 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Is it? 113 of Psalm 119. I hate those who are double-minded, but I love your law, do we? You are my hiding place and my shield. I wait for your word. And I think that is, uh, we wait patiently for the Lord, and he inclines unto us, and he hears our cries. That's Psalm uh, Psalm 40, 1 and 2, and He brings us up out of that horrible pit and that mire and the clay and he establishes our goings. And we need to pray, Lord. Lord, do that in my life. I love your law, God. Speak to me. 
You're my hiding place. And in verse 115 he says, Depart from me, evildoers, that I may observe the commandments of my God. See, depart from me, evildoers. And this is what Paul was telling Timothy. Get rid of them. Don't have any part with them. They're evildoers. It's that important. It's that important. Now, uh, 129. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul observes them. The unfolding of your words gives light. We can be enlightened through His Word. It gives understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth wide and panted, for I longed for your commandments. You think the Word of God is important? I think the psalmist is making it pretty clear the importance of God's Word in each of our lives. So how much time do we spend in it? Now, I, I spend a good deal of time, and so I've got an excuse because I'm preparing for a sermon. But how much time would I spend in it if I wasn't preparing a sermon? Not enough. And that's convicting because sometimes, be honest to you, it's hard to sit down and study. Oh, did I just say that? I don't, you know, you don't feel good. You, you, you've got some problem that you're going through. You're... You're just tired from a hard day's work. And Lord, oh, okay. So I'm human. And uh, we're all human. And that's uh, an excuse, but not an excuse in the same way because we need to be more eager in, uh, in studying God's word. But anyway... Not only do they go bad from bad to worse, they deceive and are being deceived. They deceive others and they're being deceived themselves. You know, you can tell a lie long enough to where you even believe it. Have you ever told a lie to someone and then down the road they'll say, well, by the way, maybe you didn't go to, to their house because, you know, uh, this happened to me, and, and I had to go to the hospital. And then several days later, I say, well, how was that person in the hospital? And you go, what, what do you mean, what hospital? You know, the one you said that you had to go see, and you go, oh, and you've been caught in your lie. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. God tells us the truth. He doesn't lie to us. Only Satan is a liar. He's given us his truth. His word is truth. And we need to uh, read it and study it and have it be a part of our life. In verse 14 he says, So what are you to, supposed to do, Timothy? He says, in times like this, in verse 14 he says, Stay in the scriptures. Stay in the scriptures. He says, but as for you, he says, what? Keep on abiding in the scriptures. That's present tense. Every day. Keep on abiding. Present tense. And that's for us. Every day. Things you have learned. Uh, these same truths that you learned, that you were convinced of, 
continue in them these same truths that were taught to you. Scriptural truths are non-negotiable. They're non-negotiable. God's truth never changes. It's not one thing one day and another thing the next day. Salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, uh, has always been true. It's always been by grace through faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast. That will not change. And that's the gospel. That's the good news that we proclaim. Uh, do you want it any other way? I don't. How would, it, how would you like to be salvation based on how good of a person you are? And you had to make at least 50%. I'd be wondering, I just, I'm not going to make it. I'm sorry, I just can't make it. Based on my life. Because I, as was one of the prayers, I sin against God every day in thought, word, and deed. Every day. I see that I'm a big sinner and I need God's grace every day. I need His, His mercies be new every morning. Because I'm not going to make it without it. And that's, uh, that's the truth. And uh, we, need to, we need to understand it. And... Uh, And so he says, first of all, you know the trustworthy character of those who taught you. And he, bring, he talks about his mother and his grandmother, which we saw in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And then he says, the God-given value of the Scripture has been given to you. The Scriptures have been given to us. And God reveals himself through the Scriptures. You know, if you want to know about God, <clears throat> yes, you can see his attributes and nature, but you can find everything that he wants us to know about him in his word. And you just go study the word. You know, the, the scriptures are very powerful. And uh, God takes his word and he is accomplishing through his word his purpose in your life in the life of those who hear his word. And uh, we need to aim God's word. Why? Why do you aim God's word? Why don't you use your own four PhDs that you have at somebody? Your own wisdom. There's no power in it. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it convicts, it, it uh, divides asunder of the joints and marrow. Someone says it drives some people closer and some people further away when they reject it. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts both ways. And those that reject it hate it and are driven further and further from it without the... Um, Holy Spirit. And so the hearing of God's word, hearing of God's word leads, it will make you wise, that's a result, will make you wise that leads to salvation through faith. Turn to Acts chapter 8. It's an interesting passage and we'll be done here in just a minute. 
In Acts chapter 8, we have uh, the Ethiopian eunuch who receives Christ. And it says in verse 26, But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he uh, got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture which he was reading was Isaiah. He, has, uh, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and a lamb before his shears was done and so forth. And then in verse 35 it says, Then Philip opened his mouth and, be, and beginning from the scripture he preached Jesus to him. Jesus was in Isaiah. Is in Isaiah 53, the suffering servant. Uh, and he said, that's Jesus. The one you're reading about is the Savior of the world. He is the one you need to trust. He is the, the one that uh, you need to come to. And we find that's exactly what the Ethiopian does. He receives Christ. He trusts Christ. He is led to Jesus. It's through God's Word. Even the Old Testament. You can find Christ by reading the Old Testament because He's there. He's all the way through the Old Testament. He is our Redeemer. As the psalmist said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. They were looking for the Christ to come. Saved by looking forward, we are saved by looking back. But He's found in the Scriptures. He's found in the Scriptures. And we need to trust Him. We need to look to Him. We see the end of wisdom is salvation. The instrument of salvation is what? The instrument of salvation, you might would say, is the Word of God, but no, it's faith. Through the, through the Scriptures, faith comes. These two are tied together, but we're not saved because we have faith. Faith is something God gives us. Faith is the instrument whereby we lay hold on the gift of salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith. You can read the scriptures. You can memorize the whole Bible and know it from cover to cover and not be a Christian. It's just not knowledge. It's the Holy Spirit taking the word like he did with the Ethiopian eunuch and opened his heart to Jesus was the Messiah and he trusted him. But the word of God must be presented. Faith comes and salvation comes as God reveals to us Christ in the scripture. God the Holy Spirit regenerates. He gives faith and repentance. 
And next week we'll see he continues that work in us after salvation, sanctifying us and uses the scriptures uh, uh, in, uh, in our lives. How much, let me ask you this, how much time are you spending in the scriptures? Did you know many, many a people like Martin Luther came to know Christ by himself from reading the scriptures? He read the scriptures and knew and studied and yet one day he was reading and he says, the just shall live by faith. Boom! The Holy Spirit took that and pierced his heart. And he said, salvation is by Christ. The more he studied, he realized it's not of works, lest any man should boast. And wow, the church has not been teaching the truth. It's not of works. Salvation comes by faith in Christ, in Christ alone. He is the one this book is all about. He is the one that we come to. He is the one that we trust. Because He is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we have looked into Your Word, we we thank You that Your Word is truth from cover to cover and that uh, You reveal Yourself uh, in Your Word. And then the Holy Spirit will take your word and, and reveal Christ to us, that he is uh, the wonderful Savior, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Lord, help us to, to study it. And as we'll, we will see in the days to come, how we need it for growth. So Lord, minister to each heart, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.